Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pops and Kisses, a music podcast where you hear from the artists you love. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, I sat down with Frank McGinnis of indie rock band Frankie and His Fingers. Frankie and His Fingers are back with their first album in more than a decade. It's out now, and it's called Universal Hurt. The band broke up, or went on hiatus, or whatever you want to call it when members of a band kind of move on to other projects. About a year ago, they all got together for what was supposed to be a Frank McGinnis solo album. But as they were making it, he realized, oh, we're making a Frankie and His Fingers album. I didn't even realize this was happening. The record's out. It's great. I've been loving it. There's kind of a bright, rocking power pop sound, and it's set against lyrics about doubt, getting older, and kind of how being a human is dumb sometimes. I sat down with Frank to talk about the new album and a whole lot of other stuff. Real quick, I want to remind you that you can listen to the Pops and Hisses podcast and find music news, reviews, and interviews at popsandhisses.com. But right now, it's time for Frankie and his fingers. Let's get into it. Obviously, you've been working your day job and stuff like that, but what have you been doing You know, in the last year or so musically? I mean, you've been in a bunch of bands, you've got this band, you yeah. do all this stuff, and like... Well, there's <laughs> there's nowhere to play or anything to do. So yeah, um, it's been it's been different as everybody has echoed over and over again. Uh, we've been fortunate because uh, I have a lot of musician friends who are really amazing, and we uh, my the drummer in Frankie and His Fingers uh, who overlaps with a bunch of other bands. Um, she actually played. She uh, recently joined the band Real Estate um, with an old. Uh, Oh yeah, right. College friend of ours. Um, she's also played with uh, Laura Stevenson and some other, some other artists. So she's a pretty seasoned musician herself. Um, she started this project uh, that she likened to the kids' drawing game Exquisite Corpse, <laughs> okay. where you somebody draws a piece and then without seeing it, somebody draws another and it ends up looking like this crazy thing. So she started like a musical Exquisite Corpse uh, that we called the Seed Project. And or the Pass It On project was its first name. And the way that would work is somebody would lay down an idea and usually it was one instrument. Yeah. Uh, you know, in their recording software at home, a guitar part, a piano part, whatever, what have you, synthesizer part. And then they'd spin a wheel, you know, and a, a digital <laughs> wheel on some website that she found and it would pick a name of ours at random and then it, she'd pass the the file onto that person and they would add something to it and we tried to keep it to just one instrument uh, sometimes we'd all get a little carried away but there's fun in that and uh we would just build on it and then eventually what was fun is you know i started several of these myself and called them seeds i started several seeds myself and you just did not know what was going to happen and by the time it got back to you the original cedar it was just crazy. You, you'd have in your mind, I feel like this could go this way. Yeah. And pretty unanimously across the board, it would not go the way you <laughs> thought it would. Uh, so, you know, some of these songs started as, uh, you know, these guitar parts. I remember I did one song that was a really pretty straightforward guitar part. And it was, you know, two minutes long, two and a half minutes long. And then it came back to me and one of the other musicians put this intentionally, you know, uh, a really kind of sour clashing you know almost like steve malcolmus from pavement or something these yeah. really you know clashing note guitar part that really intentionally ugly and, and it just turned into this totally different thing um so that that really lasted us for a while she started that back in march of that's last cool. year and we're still doing them that's a lot um, of fun that that's also just a very 
a very succinct way of showing like see this is what it how much it changes just having different individuals in yeah. a group. because yeah. one person steps in and goes now nah, i think we're gonna do it this way and it you know changes it, everything. it changes absolutely everything and then of course whoever gets it after that person <laughs> it's going to yeah. be influenced by what the previous people did and it's always fun you know you you're, you might be the last maybe if you're the last person who's getting it before you send it back to the original cedar uh, you got to figure out what am I going to play on this? And we're all, we're all multi-instrumentalists. So that wasn't too hard, but, um, you know, several of us are primarily guitarists. So it's like, um, you get it back and there are already three guitars. There were six of us, three guitars on it. You can't really add more. I mean, you can, but it's like, I guess I'll do some kind of weird keyboard thing or I'll, I'll open up my, my recording software and add some weird, like electronic, Mm -hmm. you know, leaps and bloops um but that that really was was a tremendous thing that she started and i think it it's responsible for much of our sanity over the past yeah, year but so where were you with frankie and his fingers what was the process like there because getting back into that and and making the album was this done a year or two ago or was this kind of just done over the last while yeah it was it's it was crazy uh we started tracking this album. We started, we started pre-production in fall of 2019. Okay. And uh, we started tracking it in, in October. We started with drums. And, uh, you know, we, we tried an experiment. Um, you know, I've been a home producer and recordist for many, many, many years. And uh, recently I, I, I've invested a lot of time and money and, and, in getting better at it and, and getting myself up to a level where I could really make a viable record. And so we were like, let's just do it. You know, I'll, I'll, right. I'll record it and mix it. We'll produce it together. So we started the drums in October and then, you know, we didn't, I then added some rhythm guitars and then eventually it took us a little while. We stalled a bit and then we picked up with bass guitar in I think January of 2020. And then there was, there were some more, uh, um, delays, which happens with every record I've ever made. And uh, then we started uh, the lead guitar, the second guitar in uh, early March of 2020. We were like, yeah, we're so excited. This is going to be great. We're so close. It's almost done. (laughs) I know. Ryan came and did two songs in my home studio. And then, uh, you know, the everything hit the fan and, and we all shut down. And, and at first we thought, okay, so we'll just wait, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll give it some time and what, this is going to be a couple weeks. Right. Well, yeah. Like everything we'll do this, this summer, like we'll just yeah. postpone this little thing a little while, or if I'd like even going to shows, it was like, well, that'll get rescheduled for sure. Yeah. But we, so we thought, yeah, a couple weeks and we'll, and we'll get back into it. And uh, that obviously didn't happen. And, it didn't take me long to think if we don't want to lose momentum on this, because we had some tremendous momentum and it was, we were really having fun. I, at some point I said, we can't risk it. On, we don't know how long this is going to be. Yeah. So I want to say in, in April, like as early as April, I reached out to my, the other guitarist, Ryan. And I was like, look, you have recording software at home. I know that we want to do this together. I know you want me to be in the room to help flesh out ideas and be excited and feel the energy. I was like, but we got some great momentum and I'd be really interested in just trying it out and seeing what it's like 
you record your parts at home, you know, record them totally dry, just going right into your interface and then send them to me. And then I'm going to reamp them. I'm going to send them out of my recording software in through a bunch of guitar pedals and stuff and get tones that I like and then re-record them from an amp as almost as if you're in the room. And we tried that, you know, in the first song he sent me, he just absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, and I was so excited. And there was something weirdly serendipitous about doing it that way because, you know, Ryan joined this, just joined this band for this album. Yeah. And, you know, we existed, you know, dating back to 2004. And his brother has been in the band since 2007. And he was like a fan and like a friend you know, on the sidelines for years. And he, you know, he was never really secret about wishing he could be in the band. <laughs> and yeah. it just didn't make sense at the time. And, um, and now it did. So, uh, you know, I think there, there's, there's bound to be some, some nerves there. Like, am I going to get this right? And my whole MO with him was, you know, my vision for this record was just really unabashed, over the top guitar heroics from him. I just wanted serious shredding on an album that almost sounded like maybe it didn't make sense. Like that's what I wanted. And uh, he really gave me, he delivered it and something about him doing it from home. I think he was less inhibited. He wasn't in front of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So that worked out really well. And he did all his guitar parts and uh, I did some keyboard and we were good. (laughs) That's really cool. I love hearing that for a few different reasons is one, you managed with the technology to basically pull off being a producer in the room without actually being there. Like it's so clever. I would have never thought of this. Then again, I'm not a producer, so <laughs> sure. But like to run it through a bunch of stuff and then kick it out of an amp yeah. and then record that because then that's like the real thing. Like that's brilliant. And then the other thing I love is I was listening to the album and it, you're right, it doesn't sound like, oh, there's going to be a guitar solo around this corner. And then yeah. there is, and it's pretty awesome. Like yeah. I really enjoyed that on the record. Listen, thank you. Yeah, he really, he really, he really hit the mark with that. And I'm, I'm, I'm super psyched that he did. Yeah. So uh, backing up just a tiny bit, can you tell me a little bit about like how this, how you decided to do another Frankie and his fingers record? I mean, it was what, 10 years since you guys had really stopped doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I saw somewhere you guys did a few reunion shows or something, but otherwise. Yeah. yeah. We did a reunion did show. Yeah. We did a reunion show in 2013 uh, in our sort of home area of the Hudson right. Valley of upstate New York. And uh, that was funny because we didn't, um, we didn't know if anybody cared anymore. Uh, but we, we, we gave it a try because it seemed fun. And I remember we, uh, we, we set up, you know, in that afternoon we had load in and we got, we did like a sound check. We left to go get food and we came back and there was a line around the block and there were people we hadn't seen in five years that uh, lived across the country and, and saw we were doing a reunion show and they were like, well, I guess I know what weekend I'm going to see my parents. <laughs> And there were people who flew home for it. And uh, it just really blew us away that people just still felt something for this band. And um, so I think that was in our, in our minds since that point. And we always, we had talked about, you know, let's do, let's just do a new EP. Let's just do something new, some new recorded music and just see if, if we get, you know, some people like it and we'll have fun. We had a blast playing, playing the show. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, the only reason that we started doing that in 2015 and the only reason it got uh, postponed or sort of we dropped the ball on it was 
Sammy, our drummer, was diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. She had cancer. And um, so that, that'll put a stop to things, you know. Yeah, um, sure. She had to go through chemo and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, we're really fortunate that she's been in full remission now. Um, you know, she's over five years now and she's, oh, that's great. she's good. Um, but that, that derailed it reasonably. And <laughs> Absolutely. We, we just sort of dropped the ball and it, it would come back up in conversation every now and then. Um, but we did other things. But the, the big, yeah. I think, they, and I think the big, you know, the main point is that, um, you know, the band Frankie and the Singers didn't end because of any personal disputes. It sure. ended because things got a little stressful. Things kind of lost their their magic because we were dealing with a lot of, you know, label interest and like all these big things that sort of went south and soured it and started to feel like a chore. And we needed to just like take a break from that project. And we didn't know if it was ever going to come back. And, but since then, like we haven't been able to quit each other musically. Like we keep finding our way back into playing bands together. So, um, I had a project called American Film History that was really a solo thing mm-hmm. that was a full band sounding record where I played everything on it. And I needed to put together a live band. And slowly but surely, I accidentally reformed Frankie and His Fingers. <laughs> um, and then the funniest part was I, you know, another project we did with friends before the, long before the pandemic was a song week challenge where my friend Jesse would have a, he, we'd all get, you know, we had this group going and we'd submit things, you know, via like private SoundCloud. Um, and it was write a song a day. Yeah. And yeah, just yeah. whatever you come up with, just crank it out. And people, you know, people do those. And um, there was just one day where I remember picking up my guitar and I was like, I want to remember how fun it is to play this thing again. I just want to pick it up and noodle around until I come up with like a riff that just feels like, you know, riding a carnival ride. And I did that and slapped down this song and all of my cohorts were like, holy cow, dude, where did this come from? Like people hadn't heard me play like that in years. Yeah. And everybody was like super into it and was like, this is fantastic. And it's so much fun. And like, I'd love to hear you write more like this. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a record where it's rem- the whole thing. is just reminding me how fun it is to play guitar. And it started as an American film history album. And we actually got pretty far in the process. And then one day it dawned on me what we did. Yeah. That band was back together. And this sounded like that band and felt like that band. Yeah. It's like, we got to retitle the. <laughs> yeah. We actually, our, our, our good friend, Cassie, who did the album art, she, the original cover said American film history, universal <laughs> hurt on the marquee. And I remember thinking, we didn't make an American film history record. We made a Frankie and the singers record, whether we realize it or not, that's what we did. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And as soon as we sort of slapped that coat of paint on it, so to speak, um, something clicked and the record almost sounded different to us. It was like something just fell into place and we were like, of course that's what this is. Yeah. It's like we were doing this all along and didn't even realize what we was didn't happening. even realize it. And as soon as, as soon as we made that decision, it was just, there was some kind of new life that was breathed into it and we were just really excited and, and it was, just felt fun and right. Yeah. Well, the energy definitely comes through on the record. I mean, um, just listening to it, 
a lot. And then uh, I went back and listened to one hell of a skeleton too. It's like this album feels just like more energetic, a little brighter. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, maybe that's how you guys wrote it. It also might just be Ryan joining the band too. I'm sure that adds yeah. a big element to it. Um, yeah. But one of the things that I really enjoyed too, is at the same time, there's a lot of realism in the lyrics, you know, there's like yeah. doubt it's about getting older in your dreams and some of your dreams not working out. <laughs> yep. So I like yep. that kind of, that interplay between those two sides, so to speak. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, and that's, and that's really why that, that that's why I chose that, that title. Um, I love, I mean, I've, I've loved these sort of contrasting, you know, dichotomies of, of style and, and feel. And um, I just, I knew that the album that was being written was a rollicking fuzzed out, you know, shredding guitar, exuberant, you know, you know, power pop, emo, whatever you want to call it, record, right. you know, note it was all these songs about how being human is kind of dumb. <laughs> and, and like, we all obsess over the stupidest stuff and ourselves and my, me very much included and just really holding up a mirror to that and laughing together about it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I like the idea that you know, there are these two, you know, opposing forces. And I wanted a title that sort of reflected that. And I liked the, the concept that you you put on an, if you didn't know the band, you'd maybe be curious and put on an album that's called Universal Hurt. And you'd think maybe you're going to hear, you know, something that sounds like an Elliott Smith record or like a Bright Eyes album or something. Right. And then the first song is like some like wannabe Springsteen, you know, rollicking thing with like a chanting like crowd vocal and like a tapping guitar at the end of it and i i just wanted like what how is how is this album but called the, that but also the thing i love about it is there'll be these songs some of the songs i'll have the chorus stuck in my head and it feels like something you want to shout or something and then i listen to, then i think about the words and i'm like man that's dark <laughs> or yeah. uh, like yeah. i mean you just, it's just funny it's like you took an elliot smith record and uh made it really bright and happy but yeah. like uh, like one of the lines in Sad to Let You Down Like This that I really love is uh, it just talked about age and everything else. Like, why do, you, uh, why do you act like your youth is dead? The day will come when you wish you this age instead, which is yep. really introspective. But again, in a really bright power pop kind of package. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of age stuff on this album. I mean, I, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'll be, I'll be 35 in a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you battle with uh, feeling old and then feeling stupid for feeling old. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, you know, someday I'm going to be 85. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why I identify with it so well, uh, yeah. especially this week, because I'm a little older than you. I'll be 37 next week. And gotcha. so I'm listening to it and being like, it's the same exact thing. Like, man, I feel old. Well, really, I don't feel old. I just feel older than I used to feel. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I, it's, The other line I wrote down was... Uh, in to die would be a great adventure it's the and I'm, i might not have transcribed this quite right but you know like how can it be so hard to uh was it spark like i'm yeah. still 17 yeah which yeah. is just a great line because it's like i feel like the same person but i'm not and i'm a lot older what like where did i lose that yeah it's i i, I assume that that's fairly universal yeah right um and uh it's funny because that song was the song we wrote in 2015, when we started writing a new Frankie and his fingers EP that mm -hmm. never happened. Um, I just had a riff and I, you know, we went in the practice space and I started playing it 
And like, just like the old days, it just flowed out of us. We had a song in like an hour, you know, instrumentally that really sounded great. And uh, when I went home to write the lyrics, it was like, it was funny because we walked into that space and I had some doubts. I was like, can I still do this? Can I still write music like this? Is it still yeah. in there? And uh, so it's sort of a song that really reflects on that in and of itself. Um, and when we played the reunion show a couple of years before that, you know, something I used to be known for back in, because when we started this band, we were 18, 19. Well, yeah, it's uh, quite a while ago now. Yeah. Something I was known for was uh, just relentless stage energy, just crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, you know, jumping around, dancing, fancy footwork, the whole nine. And uh, something people kept saying leading up to the reunion show is like, oh, I hope you're going to bring the energy. I hope you're going to bring the energy. <laughs> and in 2013, I was, I was not even 30. I was 20. How old would I have been in 2013? 27 yeah. or something like that. And 26. And uh, even then, after like the, halfway through the second song, I wanted to fall on the <laughs> ground and die. Yeah, yeah I'm going to die. Uh, but you know you got to adjust yeah well and it's probably that thing too where you step on stage and all of a sudden you're in the you're in the zone yeah <laughs> you have that mentality to do that yeah thing. yeah and then i think the air conditioning broke during that show and, and oh, it was God. july um and even in new york july gets really 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 brutal yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> hot concerts was a couple of years ago and uh taking back sunday came to yeah. town and it, I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. We were in Omaha, Nebraska in July. It was like 104 degrees. And Taking Back Sunday walks on stage as they normally do at an outdoor venue in all black. Of course. And these guys are going to die, like literally die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh no. Everyone was exhausted. It was, the crowd was just like, I'm tired. This is hot. <laughs> well, and those dudes, you know, not to be ageist or mean but those dudes are like in their 40s so it's like yeah yeah right they were after, about halfway through the set they're like oh my god this yeah. is awful i saw uh uh right after right before new year's a few years ago um at my favorite hudson valley new york venue which sadly closed um, uh, yeah uh that was called bsp um you know i was i, was, I'm good, I still am good friends with the guy who was the the talent booker there and, uh, you know, we, we run into each other. We just, I'd ask him, so who's, what are the exciting shows coming up? And he'd usually tell me, even if they weren't announced. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, we were, we were, we were good buddies. So um, he, I asked him, oh, you got anything exciting coming up? And he's like, yeah, I have one that I, I think you'll be really excited about. But I'm, I, I, like, I'm still kind of learning your, your bag. But I feel like this is, like, right up your alley. And I'm like, I don't know what he's going to say. He's like, the get up kids? And I, like, literally, like, I think I almost <laughs> fell on the ground. I was like are you kidding me? You got the get up kids. And he was like, yeah. And you want to know the craziest part? Cause they have a front room and a back room. Oh, right. And right. the back room, uh, they'll do a lot of half capacity shows where they'll have like, it's a mobile stage that moves and they'll move it about halfway. And that's seven fifty. And the, uh, the full back room is about, it's 1300. Oh, wow. And you know, there's a, you know, there would have been no problem selling at least the half back room probably close to the full back room and um even in upstate new york they would have like people oh, would have yeah. driven for that Absolutely. show and uh he was like yeah that's the crazy thing is they insisted on the front room which is about <laughs> 250 yeah that's and they wild. were like they would not play a bigger space 
And so I went and I was not privileged enough, even though I discovered the ghetto kids in 99 when I was 13 years old, uh-huh. I was not privileged enough to see them before. That was literally the first time. Oh, I have so many fans like that, that I didn't have the money. My parents yeah. said I couldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, so I also cool grew band. up in the Catskills and like, I grew up in a town, you know, far from, you know, four hours from the city and, yeah. and, uh, you know, town of like 300 people. And like, you know, so I couldn't go to anything, but, um, <laughs> But anyway, the point is, that, you know, that I just really felt for, you know, Matt Pryor and, and, and Jim Suptic and all those, those guys up there because they're, they were really like pushing, they were just trying to bring it, you know, and they were, they were so generous too, because, you know, they had pretty recent music, mm-hmm. but they come on stage and they pick slide right into holiday, the opening track off of something to write home about. And I'm a, du- I'm a dude who in my thirties, I like, when I go to concerts, I don't go to hear myself sing. I listen. Right. Right. You know, like I want to hear the artist, but here we are with these dudes that are in their f- mid forties and we're all in our thirties and they pick slide into holiday and all of these people in their thirties are just screaming. What became of it? And we're just like absolutely going nuts. And it really felt like I was, you know, 14, 15 years old yeah. again. It was incredible. And, uh, you know, there's some small part of me as, as conceited as this is, <laughs> you know, a lot of our demographic when, when we were in our, our early days, when we had a, you know, a good following, they were teenagers. We were in our twenties, but they were teens. Sure. And, you know, that's, I, I, I love the notion that I might make even one person feel that kind of joy, Yeah. you know, with this new record, with our reunion show, when we get, when we're able to start playing shows again, like just the thought that anybody could have that brief moment of like, Oh my God, I'm 16 years old again. You know? Yeah. Oh, and you absolutely will. You'll go somewhere and someone hasn't seen you in a long time because I don't know, they live in Florida or something. Yeah. And last time you guys played there and they've been dying to see you. So yeah, you'll have some yeah. people freaking out. <laughs> I, I just hope we can start playing shows soon and, and, and have those experiences. Yeah. The, the tough thing right now is that because touring is just such a big thing to get up and going that like, the two, you know, big tours aren't even starting until mid summer or, or fall or whatever. Yeah. So, but you know, you guys could play around where you guys live and maybe. You'd... Yeah. We're going to start there. You know, um, we're also, you know, like you and I discussed, we're not old, but we're getting older. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I loved, I loved, you know, trying to get from, you know, Johnson City, Tennessee to New Orleans because you had to be on the radio at eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're like prioritize. It's like you didn't eat, but you're prioritizing coffee over food because you're trying to make the drive without falling asleep at the wheel. And like in my 20s, that was like the best thing in the universe. It was an <laughs> yeah. adventure. It was like incredible. Now I'm 35. That sounds so awful. Everybody I know in their 30s, it's like, well, we used to all quit our jobs and go tour for four months. Everyone's like, well, we each coordinated our PTO so we can get two weeks off together and we're going to do these dates. That's that's totally cool, man. Like, people love it wherever you go and it'll be awesome. It's it's great. And I mean, we, we, we unfortunately never, you know, we never got big enough to to do anything other than the kind of touring that involves sleeping on people's floors. And, you totally. know, um, but, uh, so it's not like we long for the days of, <laughs> of a tour bus or, you know, something. Um, but, uh, it'll be nice, you know, 
we'll, 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 we'll do something like that. We'll, you know, when the time is right, we'll, we'll coordinate some, some time off and do like some, some kind of short leg something. Totally. It'll Um, be fun just to be out there no matter what you're doing. Yeah. People who, uh, people over the years who have reached out to me and, and been like, Hey, you don't know me, but I live in such and such a state. And I just wanted to show you this thing that I hope you won't think is weird, but I, I hope you'll think it's really cool. And then it's like a tattoo of one of my lyrics, like on their arm. And it's like, I'd love to, you know, this is one I'm thinking of in particular that I think five years ago, this person reached out to me. It's like, I'd like to meet that person. I'd like to go play their, their <laughs> town and like give them a hug and be like, thank you for giving yeah. a darn and, and, you know, listening. It's like, that's not creepy. That's awesome that you love yeah. something you made so much that you got it on you forever. It's overwhelming. It's like, I don't know where to put that kind of positivity. It's like, <laughs> <All right. laughs> don't know where to store it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm really enjoying the record. Hopefully, when you guys tour, like I said, I'm in Omaha. Maybe you get if you make it this far west. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Um, I also enjoyed. This is a really kind of a side sort of thing, but I don't know who wrote the band's bio, but I think it's really good. Because I'll pass that along. I please do. I read them all the time, and <laughs> they're almost always like totally insufferable. <laughs> I bet. Like, and that's no offense to the wonderful publicists that I know and have worked with for forever, but uh, sometimes they're just not well done or they don't make a lot of sense. But like, I was just reading your guys and it was really good. And like, it also mentions all these great bands that I like. Yeah. A lot of bands that I really like. And I was kind of, it was like, there's no way they sound like all of this stuff. <laughs> as actually, as I was listening to the record. I was like, okay, I totally get where that reference to that band came from. And that reference to that band came from. And I was like, all right, it's legit. <laughs> like, nice. That's great. You know, it, it it worked out well because I think it was a smart move. We got somebody, we're lucky enough to have a friend who's known the band forever, who's been around, you know, since the old days. And he's a writer. Um, he's currently in, he's a little younger than me, but he's currently in grad school. Um, he's a brilliant writer in general, you know, fiction, et cetera. But he also has a lot, he has a great resume of, of writing for everything usually music related stuff. Oh, wow. Um, like he's written, you know, he's written a bunch of Bandcamp daily pieces and he oh, right um, yeah. has written for, um, he's written for all kinds of, of music publications. Uh, so to have that perfect Venn diagram, <laughs> a friend who like loves the band and is like psyched to do it, who also is like, you know, has studied writing and also has experience writing, you know, yeah. for music. Um, it was kind of like, how would we not ask him to do yeah. it? Um, and he was down to do it. And we were like, oh, thank goodness. Because, you know, he's busy. He's in grad school and he's he's trying to write a book. And um, But he took the time and, you know, he sent it back to us. And we were like, yeah, this is this is perfect. Well, he did a damn um, fine job. <laughs> yeah, well, his name's, his name's Robert Rubson. So if anybody wants to look him up and All right. pay him to write your band bio. I'll pass it along <laughs> if I ever talk to anybody. I'll yeah, say. definitely. Well, yeah, that's most of the stuff I wanted to ask. So uh, I just appreciate you being on on a, on my little podcast and happy to about music. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I, I'm I'm psyched to have been here, and thanks for for being willing to do it. Definitely. And I look forward to listening to to future episodes of yours. I've listened to three of them. Oh, have you? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had some fantastic guests. It was e- it was an easy uh, it yeah. was an easy thing to 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 want to click play. Thanks for listening to my talk with Frank McGinnis of Frankie and His Fingers. Check out their new record, Universal Hurt, on Bandcamp, and check in with the band's social media for some upcoming tour dates.
I also want to let you know you can subscribe to Pops and Hisses on your favorite podcast app or head to popsandhisses.com. There you can listen to the podcast, find more music news, reviews, interviews, and of course, more podcast episodes. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and you can follow me on Twitter as at Omaha Music Guy, or find my page on Facebook by searching my name, Kevin Coffey, which is spelled C-O-F-F-E-Y. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Herdat Media for producing the show, and I encourage you to check out Herdat's network of podcasts. There's entertainment, sports, fitness, and all kinds of different stuff. Find them all at herdatmedia.com slash network. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. A Herdat Media Production.